All right, hello and welcome to another episode of the Complete Game Podcast. I'm your host, Casey Guerin. Today we're going to be continuing our series of fantasy football post-NFL draft winners and losers. We're going to keep talking about whose stock rose in fantasy and whose stock got hurt in fantasy based on the incoming 2020 rookie class for each team. We've done the entire AFC, and today we're going to start with the NFC going into the Dallas Cowboys. So we're going to start, we're going to go right into it. Dallas Cowboys, fantasy football winners, post-NFL draft. Dak Prescott, huge winner here. Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott gets CeeDee Lamb. They they go ahead and add CeeDee Lamb in the first round. They don't draft for need. They, they just draft the best player available in the first round. CeeDee Lamb somehow fell to them. CeeDee Lamb, definitely one of the best receiving prospects to probably ever come out of college. I wouldn't say top 5, top 10, maybe not top 15, maybe top 20 receiving prospect to ever come out. But he's definitely a stud. He, he's unbelievable. He does unbelievable things with the ball in his hands. C.D. Lamb out of Oklahoma. He had 800 yards as a freshman. That's unbelievable. Um, when, you're eight, when you're 18 years old playing in, in the Big 12 at, at Oklahoma, that's crazy to have 800 yards. That's, that's a big season for a freshman. Um, as a sophomore, went ahead for 1,100 yards. This year as a junior, had 1,300 yards and 14 touchdowns. So in his career at Oklahoma, he he averaged 19 yards per reception and this year his junior year his final season averaged 21 yards per reception so that means on average every time um cd lamb touches the ball anytime he catches the ball he's getting 21 yards on average that that's unbelievable every time that he's catching the ball he's he's average he's getting 21 yards on average that's huge for any offense and he's going to be a number three receiver. He, he could play a lot of slot. He's going to be a number three to start. And it, it's going to be really, really hard for any number three cornerback on any team to to guard CeeDee Lamb. And you could see CeeDee Lamb possibly take over the number two role even halfway or by the end of this year. I still like Michael Gallup a lot. Michael Gallup's still a really good receiver. But CeeDee Lamb is just a stud. He, he's unbelievable. The things he does with the ball in his hands are, are crazy. He makes guys miss. He's unbelievable after the catch. He can catch. He can run. He, he gets away from defenders. He just, every time the ball's in his hands, he breaks away from defenders, and he makes big plays happen. So Dak Prescott is definitely a huge winner here. Dak Prescott probably has one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver trios in the NFL now. And him and, De- him and Zeke actually both win here. Or um, if you want to call a win here not losing, they, they don't lose. So it's not technically a win, but they don't lose. With Travis Frederick retiring this year in the offseason, their center. They add Tyler Biadaz, a fifth rounder from Wisconsin. He was regarded as one of the best offensive line prospects coming into the draft this year. Um, this, this was preseason, pre-college football season. He was projected to be like a first-round pick. And I'm not sure why he fell to the fifth round. But to get that kind of caliber talent in the fifth round in the draft, he's going to plug the hole at center. He could start right away. I'm not sure if he's going to, but he's definitely going to push for the starting job. So they, they kind of fill that hole at center. Um, he's not going to be. He's probably not going to be as good as Travis Frederick. Travis Frederick was one of the best, if not the best, centers in the NFL. But with that hole there, they, they kind of replace that hole, and they plug that hole so the offensive line doesn't see a huge downgrade. They, they plug that hole and they, they mitigate the risk by adding Tyler Biadas. So Dak and Zeke kind of both win there, or, or I should say they don't lose 
by shoring up that offensive line. And then the biggest winner for the Cowboys is actually Blake Jarwin. Blake Jarwin steps into the starting role this year um, for Dallas. I like Blake Jarwin as one of the best, if not the best, um, sleeper tight ends this year in fantasy. I love Blake Jarwin this year. I'm, I'm going to draft him a lot. I'm, I'm probably going to draft him on most of my teams. If you've seen any Cowboys games, if, if you follow fantasy, if you follow Blake Jarwin, which you might not, it, it's not really a huge name. He's not a household name. But Blake Jarwin has had some huge games. He, he's made some big things happen, and he just hasn't really gotten the chance to be in a starting role. They brought Jason Witten back last year. We thought Jarwin was going to be the starter last year, and they brought Jason Witten back out of retirement. So Jason, er, Jason Witten just kind of hurt his development. He hurt his chance to be a starter. But now Blake Jarwin is stepping into the starting role. He has above-average athleticism. They didn't draft any tight ends. And the good thing about Jarwin in terms of being one of the best tight end sleepers this year in fantasy is that we've actually seen him be good in football. We, we've seen him do good things in the NFL. We just haven't seen it consistently because he hasn't been a starter. He hasn't had an every-down role. So we, we haven't really seen him get that role, but we've definitely seen him do good things when he gets the football in his hands. And now he's going to be the starter, so hopefully he can get some targets, get the ball in his hands, and, and hopefully he can be a legit starting option in fantasy this year. So going forward with the New York Giants, Daniel Jones, huge winner here. They had three offensive linemen in the draft. They add Andrew Thomas from Georgia, fourth overall. They add Matt Pert from UConn in the third round. They add Shane Lemieux from a guard from Oregon in the fifth round. So Pert and Lemieux likely won't start right away, but adding offensive linemen to compete, to compete for starting jobs, it, it makes everyone better on the offensive line. Andrew Thomas from Georgia, the fourth overall pick, likely to start right away at right tackle. So the the Giants went ahead and, and they said, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna protect our young quarterback, and we're gonna protect our young running back too with with Jones and Barkley, and we're we're gonna put together a, a brick wall offensive line, or at least try to. And, and you got to give credit to Dave Gettleman for that, to trying to build a good offensive line. Um, like I've said before, and like I'll continue to say adding to the offensive line, um, just drafting any offensive lineman. They don't even have to be automatic starters, but they, they got an, an automatic starter here with Andrew Thomas, and they got a, another two guys, Matt Pert and Lemieux, who can compete. They, they might start right away, but if not, they're going to compete. They're going to push the other guys, and it's going to make the offensive line better. And it, when you upgrade the offensive line, it makes the entire team better. The better your offensive line is, the more time your quarterback has to throw, the more time your receivers have to get open, and the more holes you have for your running back. So that makes Saquon Barkley a winner too. It makes all the guys in the passing game a winner. They didn't draft any receivers. They didn't draft any tight ends. Sterling Shepard's a winner. Golden Tate's a winner. Darius Slayton's a winner. Evan Ingram's a winner. Barkley's a winner. Jones is a winner. Everyone in this offense is a winner. They didn't draft anybody else. All these guys are going to be the starters going forward. They're all going to be the guys. They're all going to be the ones expected to make plays this year. Daniel Jones, hopefully you see the interceptions go down this year with more time to throw. The offensive line, huge upgrade here. Um, I, I, I really love what they did, and, and in fantasy football, it's going to pay dividends. Definitely invest into the Giants this year just because their offensive line has been upgraded so heavily, and they, they've made sh such a conceited effort to, to upgrade their, their blocking and their offensive line game. 
So going forward to the Eagles, Carson Wentz is a winner and a loser a little bit. We'll talk about why he's a loser in a little bit later in the episode. But he's a winner for, for right now because he gets Jalen Rager from TCU. Jalen Rager had a huge sophomore year at TCU. He, he's super explosive. He's super dynamic. He can catch. He can run. He can get the ball out of the backfield. He can get carries. He can do jet sweeps. He can return kicks. He can return punts. He's one of the most dynamic players we've seen coming out of coming out of college. He can do almost anything on a football field. He's a little small. He, he's not a big receiver, but he can definitely do a lot. So it gives Wentz another weapon. It, it gives Wentz a weapon. You can argue that he really doesn't even have any weapons after what we saw last year. But we'll see. Um, Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey are still there. We, we have to talk about them. Even though they can't stay healthy, you never know. Maybe something happens. Maybe they do stay healthy, but they're still on the roster, so we still have to mention them. But Jalen Rager could come in this year, could do some big things as a rookie. Uh, I really like him as a player. He had unbelievable ex- explosive numbers at the Combine, unbelievable um, jumping numbers, long jump and vertical jump, some of the best we've seen in the last few years at the Combine. He ran just under a 4-5, and I know a lot of people wanted to see him run like a 4-3, but those are still good numbers. It's still a good number. He's not slow. He's got good speed. We wanted to see him run a little faster, but he's explosive, he's dynamic, and he can do everything on the field. They also added John Hightower from Boise State and Quez Watkins from Southern Miss. So Hightower runs a 4-4-3 really fast, and Watkins runs a 4-3-5 really fast. Um, you're probably not going to see them do much or get many snaps right away. But going forward with, with that speed, both of, the guy, both of these guys have really great speed. You could see them emerge and possibly hop, hop into some sort of role um, in 2021 or going forward. And it's, it's just a good thing to see the Eagles draft some weapons for Wentz and just add some speed in there, just add some guys who could possibly make some big plays. Because after last year, what we saw with their receiving core – they need speed, they need dynamic players, and they went ahead and they got three players that could be dynamic and could make huge plays in this offense. And then Miles Sanders is definitely a huge winner as well. They didn't draft any running backs. They haven't signed any running backs yet. It's just Sanders, Boston Scott, and Corey Clement as far as I know right now. Miles Sanders had some flashes last year. We had to wait for him to earn a starting role over Jordan Howard until the end of the year. He had some injury problems. He was banged up. He was coming out of games with cramps. But at the end of the year, we we didn't see anything consistent, but we saw a flash here, a flash there, a 60-yard wheel route touchdown out of the backfield here, a huge rushing game there. We saw him do some huge things. He has good athleticism. He can catch. He can run. He's a really good back. I like Miles Sanders a lot. And the only thing we don't know about him right now is if they're going to give him the, the full reign of the backfield. We know the Eagles like to share touches. They like to share the load in the backfield, and that could hurt Miles Sanders. But for right now, what we've seen from the Eagles, them not drafting anybody or signing anybody, could possibly signal that they're finally just going to hand the backfield over to Miles Sanders and let him play almost every snap and and let him do some big things. So Miles Sanders is definitely a huge winner also. For Washington, Dwayne Haskins is a big winner too. The uh, Washington doesn't draft a quarterback early in the draft. They don't draft a quarterback. They don't draft one of the top quarterbacks early in the draft this year. So that means Haskins is going to be the guy going forward. They add Antonio Gandy-Golden from Liberty. 
he had a thousand yards as a junior, fourteen hundred yards as a senior, and he he had a thousand yards as a sophomore too. I should mention so a, a really good sophomore year. The only thing with Gandy Golden is just we don't know how he's going to do against better competition. Liberty is a very small Division One school. We don't know how he's going to do against guys like uh, Alabama guys or, or SEC guys or just any NFL talent, any NFL starting caliber talent. We don't know how he's going to do against those guys. So for right now, he's kind of a project. He's more of a long-term option. We don't know what's going to happen with him. But what he does have going for, for him right now is his size. He's 6'4", 220, and at least he was productive at that small school, Liberty. So at least he was dominant against lesser competition. And we just don't know how he's going to do against better NFL competition. But with his size, he, he could always be a red zone weapon, uh, downfield threat, some, some sort of 50-50 high point ball where Dwayne Haskins can put the ball up and let Gandy Golden make plays for him. So it, it's definitely an upgrade. It helps Has Haskins. Um, Washington at least is trying to put weapons around him. And then they add another prospect that we really don't know much about either in Antonio Gibson. So this year as a junior, he only got 71 touches, played a little receiver, played a little running back, and on 71 touches, he had 1,000 yards from scrimmage and 12 touchdowns. So only touching the ball 71 times, he still had 1,000 total yards from scrimmage, still scored 12 touchdowns. And the big thing about him that we or that I like about Antonio Gibson is that he weighed in at 230 pounds and ran a 4.3940. So he's big and fast. To be that big and that fast is very rare in the NFL. That's unbelievable size-adjusted athleticism. So that that's one thing he does have going for him. We don't know if he's going to be a running back, if he's going to be a receiver. We know he can do both. Um, we know what we do know is that he makes big plays when the ball's in his hands. He's big and he's fast. Those are the only things we we know right now. And adding any sort of weapon like that to the offense, whether he's at running back and, and can get dumps, dump offs or run the ball or be a receiver and, and just use his speed to make big plays happen, we, we know it's going to help Dwayne Haskins either way. And then the other winner for Washington, I'm, I'm obligated to say, even though he, he might not be much, but I, I definitely have to talk about him, is Jeremy Sprinkle. So Jeremy Sprinkle right now is going to be the starting tight end for Washington. And any player that's a starting tight end on any team could possibly have fantasy relevance. I have to say his name. He's going to be the starter to start the season. I mean, there's not a huge chance that he does anything fantasy-wise. There's not a huge chance. He's a great player, but he's definitely the starter. He's going to be on the field the most. He's the starting tight end for Washington. And any starter could be fantasy relevant because they're on the field all the time. They're getting opportunities. And just another thing why he's a winner People are going to say, oh, Thaddeus Moss, Thaddeus Moss. But the fact that they didn't draft Thaddeus Moss, they just let him go to undrafted free agency, and they just signed him means he's not going to start anything right away. He's not going to win the spot right away if he's undrafted. If if they really thought Thaddeus Moss was going to be the starter right away or do huge things, they, they would have drafted him, and they didn't draft him. So Jeremy Sprinkle is a huge winner too. He, he's going to be the starter for at least probably this year. Um, unless they sign anybody else, he, he's going to be this, the starter at least this year, uh, maybe even further going forward. We don't know, but he's a starter. We have to say it. He's a winner. Any starter who's getting opportunity, who's getting snaps, who's on the field could be fantasy relevant. So now we're going to get into the fantasy losers. 
guys whose stock fell based on the 2020 rookie class. So with the Cowboys starting back up at the top, Michael Gallup is definitely a loser here. I don't think he's a loser in year one for CeeDee Lamb, or, or this year, I should say. But definitely long-term, Michael Gallup is a loser. CeeDee Lamb is an unbelievable receiving prospect. He could take over the number two role. CeeDee Lamb could right away if he plays unbelievable lights out early. Um, I don't think he will right away just because he's coming out early. He's young. He's going to be a rookie. So Gallup is still going to be on the field a lot this year. But CeeDee Lamb definitely this year is going to be breathing down his neck and could overtake him uh, by the end of the season. We could see that happen. So Michael Gallup is definitely a loser if that happens. Even if he's the third wide receiver, he could still have value in this offense in Dallas. But if he gets overtaken by CeeDee Lamb in terms of snap count, snap share, then that, that means he's definitely a fantasy football loser. But we'll see how it goes to start the season. Maybe you'll see Gallup still start. Maybe they ease along CeeDee Lamb. But definitely long-term, Michael Gallup is a loser with the CeeDee Lamb draft pick. Like I talked about with the Jets, the Giants actually don't have any fantasy losers really at all either. Um, nobody loses when the offensive line gets upgraded. They didn't draft any running backs. They didn't draft any quarterbacks. They didn't draft any receivers, tight ends. They, they did, of consequence, they didn't draft any significant players at those positions. All the guys that were starters last year are going to be their starters again in 2020. Hopefully we have a season. We'll, we'll see. But all the, all the guys that started last year are going to start again this year for the team. Nobody loses when you upgrade the offensive line and, and you invest in the offensive line and you don't add any, any sort of new weapons. The only argument for fantasy football losers that you could make would be that they didn't add any really big receiving weapons for Daniel Jones. But like I said earlier, I, I don't really see Shepard, Tate, and Slayton as that bad of weapons. Slayton did big things as a rookie, and Shepard and Ingram need to just stay healthy. Golden Tate's a reliable option. And now these guys have more time to get open with the offensive line upgraded. Jones is going to have more time to throw. Hopefully he can be more accurate. Hopefully he can deliver the ball down the field because he has more time. Barkley's going to have bigger holes. They, they, like I said, they didn't add anybody significant at any position on offense other than offensive line. So for fantasy, pretty much everyone's a winner. Nobody's a loser at all. New York Giants have no fantasy football losers or, or at least no big losers at all. Um... I don't see their weapons there as a problem right now. They address the offensive line. They have their quarterback. They have their running back. And you could see them upgrade the wide receiver position next year in another good class or sometime in the next few years. But for now, it's not a it's not a loss that they didn't add anybody, add any receivers, because I actually think their trio of receivers is, is pretty solid. It's not terrible. It's, it's solid. They're all solid options, and hopefully we see Slayton take a step forward this year and make some big plays happen in that offense again too. But for the Giants, nobody's a, lo a loser. Everyone's a winner when the offensive line gets upgraded. So for the Eagles, losers. Alshon Jeffrey's a loser for now. I actually like Alshon Jeffrey as a super late dart throw kind of draft pick this year and Deshaun Jackson. They're, they've been hurt. But technically, like, you never know. Maybe maybe they stay healthy somehow. It, it could happen. It, it's possible. It's not like it's impossible for somebody not to get hurt. That makes no sense. Um, it's always possible someone stays healthy. 
So Jeffrey and Jackson could still be starters, but definitely long-term, they're losers now. Um, with the Watkins and Hightower and Rager draft picks, those two are definitely on the way out long-term. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, the second-rounder from last year from Stanford, he, he had all the opportunity in the world to do something last year with everyone hurt. He, he was starting, he was getting snaps, and he barely did anything. He's a huge loser. He's going to get phased out. Um, he's not done yet. It, it, he's only going into his second year. You can't write off a player after one bad rookie season. You can't write off a player after one year. So he's not done yet, but it's definitely not looking good for him with three wide receivers drafted this year. And it's not looking good for him just based on what he did last year. Marquise Goodwin is a loser. He, he probably wasn't even going to play that much anyway. Um, Greg Ward, kind of the, the hero from last year at the end of the year, the only one in the receiving core doing anything, probably a loser here too. All these receivers are, are going to get pushed out going forward. Um, like I said earlier with Hightower and Watkins, you probably won't see them get too many snaps right away this year unless everybody just gets injured again. But definitely long term, you're going to see all these guys kind of get washed out of the fold in Philadelphia. And then I wouldn't say Wentz is necessarily a loser right now, but now he's going to get pressure from Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is still a project. He's still got work to do. But Wentz has already had injury problems and injury history in the NFL. And let's say there's a scenario where Wentz gets injured. J uh, Jalen Hurts comes in the game. He, he plays a couple weeks, does really well. Philly wins. He's playing great. And uh, Philly, Philly has some crazy fans. Philly has wild fans. Um, they want to see good football in Philadelphia. They want to see good sports in Philadelphia. So you, if Hertz comes in somehow and plays well, you could see Philly fans start asking for Hertz really quick. You could see them arguing to to start Hertz if if Wentz keeps getting injured and can't stay on the field. You could see fans start arguing for Hertz. It's not likely, but it's definitely possible. Um, Wentz doesn't lose right now, but he, he's getting pressured long term from Hertz now. If, if Wentz can't stay on the field and he can't produce on the field, then and Hertz might take his job. Not this year, probably not this year, but long-term, definitely. Uh, he now has to worry about Hertz. And then finally, the Washington losers are Kelvin Harmon. Kelvin Harmon, the sixth-rounder from NC State last year. Uh, I actually like him a little bit. He, he's a solid player. He's not going to do anything crazy, but he's not bad. He's a solid option. He, he can catch. Um, he, can, he can do some things. And he's likely going to be phased out. Um, especially with the emergence of Steven Sims late last year. You're, you're definitely going to see him get phased out a little bit. I wouldn't say that Steven Sims is a loser yet just because he had a big end of the season last year. Um, and like I said about Antonio Gandy-Golden and Antonio Gibson, we really don't know what their role is. So Steven Sims definitely isn't a loser. But Kelvin Harmon with these draft picks probably is a loser, probably going to see less snaps next year. But he was a rookie too maybe maybe he gets better in his second year third year down the line maybe he gets better and, and plays more and does well and that's good too but them drafting two receivers yeah even though Gibson could be a running back them drafting those two guys probably starts to push Harmon out for the most part and then I can't say that Darius Geis is a loser um, I still love Darius Geis. I'm going to draft him in almost every league this year. He just needs to stay healthy. He keeps getting these freak injuries. But there are a lot of scenarios where the Washington Redskins backfield is just a huge mess. Let's say Geis goes down. You have Adrian Peterson, who somehow never seems to get hurt. Peterson could work in. Bryce Love is fresh off a, 
an ACL tear this year. He's going to be healthy to start the season. He had 2,000 yards in one season at Stanford, he, so he could be a really good talent. Geis is there, AP, Bryce Love. Antonio Gibson could see snaps at running back. It, it could just be a huge mess. Um, if any of these guys start getting hurt, it, it just could be a ginormous mess at running back for Washington. Hopefully, Geis can just be the starter and then just feed Geis. But if he gets hurt again after what we've seen with all his injuries, you have AP, Bryce Love, Gibson. Uh, you, like You don't know what it's going to be. It, it could just be anything. It could be a huge mess. We have no idea what could happen. So we, we would have to see that scenario play out if guys can't stay healthy. So that's it for the NFC East. Going forward, we will be talking about the NFC North next. Thanks again for listening. Please share the episode, share the podcast, give it five stars, leave a review, um, share some feedback, please. And thank you again for listening. See you next time.